This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Welcome back to the Giant Up Podcast, Episode 7. I'm your host, Joe, and we're going to have an awesome show today. We're going to have a fun show today. we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Let's see. We're going to talk about the preseason game. We're going to talk about the final 53-man roster. We're going to talk a little bit about the practice squad. And then we're going to talk about some Twitter questions that were sent to me from the fans. People going to get shout out. Whoever asks me uh, questions on Twitter uh, to talk about on the episode, you're going to get a shout out. We're going to talk about it, baby, because that's what I do. So I'm excited about today's show. And people, if you're not already following me, make sure you go follow me on my socials. We are at Giant Up Pod on Twitter, at Joe Carjulia on Instagram, and we are on TikTok as well, at Giant Up. So go and follow those socials. I'm posting stuff on all of those all the time. I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, I try to post some Instagrams for the people, let them know what I'm up to. I've been doing a lot of fun things recently. I went to a Met game. I went to a comedy show at Levity Live, which was awesome. Uh, so yeah, so go follow me on my socials if you just want to rock with me, if you want to keep interacting with me, stuff like that. All right, let's get into the preseason game to start off on the top of the show. Let's talk about the preseason, baby. So we played the Patriots. We had joint practices with them all week, which was I thought was re- really cool. I love the idea of joint practices. I said it in the last one. Just gives you a nice look. Uh at another team, some new jerseys, stuff like that, especially if you have a good relationship like Joe Judge and Bill Belichick do. So that's probably something we'll be doing a lot in the future, doing joint practices with the Patriots. But let's get into this thing here. So we had Daniel Jones. We had our first live look at DJ. So here are the numbers for DJ right now. He's In that first game, he had in the first half, let's say, Completion percentage was 77%. He completed 17 of 22 passes. He averaged 6.1 yards per attempt. He had one touchdown. He had one interception. And his quarterback rating was 88.3. So Daniel Jones, I think, played really solid. If you subtract that mishap that he had with throwing that ball behind his receiver in the end zone and getting picked off, which was horrible. It was just a horrible throw. Like it was a bad throw. There's no excusing it, but let's just call it a mistake. If you subtract that mistake, he could have potentially had two touchdowns. We would have had a great game. That was probably his biggest mistake. I mean, he's not going to have an easy time out there without both of his best weapons, without Saquon and Kenny Galladay. So honestly, what I saw from him, I'm just pumped to see him throw a touchdown. Because we got to see more of that. So I was really happy to see him toss a touchdown. I really liked what I saw from him, honestly. I, I don't have any complaints. Um, But let's move on to our next position here. Let's talk about the offensive line. Uh, that's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem. Um, Another thing Daniel Jones really had none of was time. Uh we're talking Andrew Thomas. We're talking, we saw Nate Solder and Matt Pert, Jonathan Harrison, Will Hernandez, Ted Larson. Those were kind of a lot of the guys we were seeing on the offensive line. 
And I mean, Andrew Thomas didn't have a good game. He's a guy I really wanted to see benefit so much from this training camp this year and these preseason games. Um, you know, getting a lot of looks, getting down some techniques more because his techniques are just a little shaky. Um, he had a very shaky first game, but still it's, just, it's you know, we're not going to judge him based off this preseason game or, or give up on him, but bad game for the offensive line and Andrew Thomas. Uh, we we got to see we got to see them play better than that. We know they're not going to be a top 10 offensive line this year. I'd be shocked if they were. I'd like them to be top 20 in the late like that would be enough to sort of somewhere be like a middle of the pack offensive line. I think that's what we have to hope for, but a lot of things would have to come together if that happened. Uh, another thing we're going to talk about later in the show is the two trades we made too, but that was our offensive line for the preseason game. Um, the running backs. The running back group was pretty nice. Uh, Elijah Penny had four carries for 35 yards. He's looking like more and more of a versatile fullback, which is kind of nice. He's looking like he can do a lot more things than just be a fullback. That's why I believe they kept two fullbacks, which is pretty nuts. We'll talk about that later, but... He had four carries. Yeah, four carries for 35 yards, eight and a half yards per carry. Uh, he had a 15-yard run, was his longest run. So, yeah, I thought he he looked good. Um, Corey Clement looked good. I mean, we'll talk about that later. He had four carries for 24 yards. Uh, Devontae Booker, seven carries for 14 yards, which we – I mean, the line struggled, let's be honest. Like, Devontae Booker had nowhere to run. Uh, so, I'll give him that there, but – Still, you know, seven carries for 14 yards is not going to cut it. Gary Brightwell had four carries for 10 yards. Slayton took a nice carry for seven yards, which was a really cool play that they had drawn up. Daniel Jones only ran the ball one time for four yards. And then Sandro Platzgummer had one carry for two yards, our hero from Austria. Let's move on to the receivers. So David Willis, uh, Damian Willis, sorry, had three catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. So he once again showed out. Uh, Sterling Shepard looked sharp, really sharp. I loved how he looked. I said in past shows, I even put him as one of my late, late fantasy sleepers. If you're in a deep league, like a 14 man league, uh, or even a 12 man league, just getting Sterling Shepard late. I really think he's going to be a good flex option in fantasy this year. He looked great. He was targeted six times and he had five catches for 42 yards. I mean, that's just the kind of things, especially in PPR leagues. I think he's going to get a lot of catches. I really love Sterling Shepard. I think he's going to have an awesome year. Um, Alex Bachman was targeted six times, had two catches for 33 yards. Caden Smith, two catches, 26 yards, and that beautiful touchdown from Daniel Jones. I mean, what a grab. I, I loved him. I, I always loved him. Uh, I love him at tight end three. He's going to have Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram ahead of him, but I really like Caden Smith as our third tight end. He had a beautiful catch in the end zone connecting with Daniel Jones. Evan Ingram had three catches and 22 yards before he exited with an injury, uh, which, you know, he's got a calf injury that they're really unsure about right now. They haven't really released any concrete information. He's shaky, iffy about week one. They're going to see how he progresses. Luckily, we still have some time. We got, I mean, we're about a week and a half away here from Sunday, so hopefully he can bounce back and get in that week one game. It would It would stink to see him go down this early in the season, but uh, yeah, 
Gary Brightwell had three catches for 20 yards, which was nice to see. It was good to see him getting in the action, getting in the fold, and and he looked comfortable out there. I actually really liked how Gary Brightwell looked. Uh, David Sills was targeted four times, had one catch for 14 yards. C.J. Board had a catch for eight yards. Dante Pettis had a catch for eight yards. Slayton was targeted two times, had one catch for six yards. And Devonke, 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 Devonte Booker was targeted once and hauled in his only catch for three yards. So, I mean, that's kind of it on the offensive end for the for the Giants. I mean, they lost the game 22-20, which, you know, isn't the end of the world. But uh, what are you going to do? I don't really care about preseason record. I just care more about how people look in preseason. So that's kind of what I'm focusing on here. But, yeah. Let's talk about the defense a little bit, too. I mean, the defense looked solid. I mean, they were, you know, still sort of doing the similar kinds of things. I mean, Logan Ryan, I liked how he looked. Uh, Ryan Anderson had a nice interception. Let me look here about, let me like. So, you know who I really liked on the defense was Rodarius Williams. I think he is our corner. Well, he is our corner that we drafted in the sixth round. He is showing time and time again these flashes of being a really solid starter at outside corner. And that's just so awesome to see because he was a six-round pick. Um, He looks extremely comfortable out there. He's a guy that just, to me, needs as many reps on the field as he can get, as many live-action, real reps on the field. And he is going to continue to get better because of that. So I love how Rodarius Williams is looking, which is awesome. I mean, if Adoree Jackson is looking like he should be fine, but we know he can get a little injury prone. So if we were able to rely on a guy like Rodarius Williams behind him, that would just be sweet. So we love that. Uh, Evan Ingram and Darius Slayton were ruled out for the game, both hurt. But uh, I think Darius Slayton is going to be fine. He'll probably be ready for week one. But Evan Ingram has a little bit of a lingering calf issue right now, and they're not saying a lot about it, which is never good news. You know, they say no news is good news. Well, when they're keeping real hush-hush on an injury, it's never really good news on that front. So that does not work in our in our, uh, in our our injury world here with the NFL. But, um, yeah, like I said, I love the touchdown that Daniel Jones threw to Caden Smith. Just a beautiful touchdown. Blake Martinez with a beautiful interception. Absolutely just Ding up. That was just like such an awesome focus interception, a gritty interception, just ripping it out of the receiver's hands. I think it was Jacoby Myers. Yeah, it was. Who he ripped it right out of his hands. Who's going to be one of their best receivers this year in New England. I talked about that. So that pick was awesome. Uh Yeah, I just kept talking a lot about Rodarius too. Like him and Blake stood out to me more than anybody. That Blake Martinez interception and Rodarius Williams making really nice plays on the outside. I thought both of those things stuck out to me so much. And yeah, I mean, overall, one last thing that I could probably say about the preseason game is that the more that it went on was the more hopeful that I definitely was during the year. Um, It was easier for me to 
get more comfortable with how they looked because we got to see the starters go in week three, which is awesome. Uh, we got to see a lot of the starters. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get to see Kenny Galladay and Saquon. But my final point is, I always rant on my final points. I don't know why. It's really not a, a good final point. But my final point, let's keep it short and sweet, Joe. My final point would be, I am excited for week one. Um, this can go one of two ways, people. This can go one of two ways. We see that. That's kind of how... A lot of giant seasons go. Uh, there's been seasons where it looks like we got all the right pieces and, and things go to shambles. But like I told you, life is too short to be thinking like that. So I'm going to stay positive. There are some glaring issues with the offensive line, but I think that's our biggest issue is the offensive line. So bottom line, people, let's get ready for week one. Preseason's done, baby. Let's prepare for Denver. We got Teddy... The noodle arm Bridgewater coming in. No, I'm kidding. But he does kind of have a noodle arm sometimes. I mean, there's a reason the Carolina Panthers rather take a shot on Sam Darnold than keep Teddy around. Uh, so I think our defense can contain him. But, yeah, regardless, let's focus up for week one, baby. So let's move on. I mean, I think that's enough about the preseason game, right? I mean, let's get to what we're more excited about. Trimming our roster down to 53 men. We are officially at the moment right now where we got a clean roster, people. I mean, it looks like, I mean, things sometimes change like a few days within the, within the time of, of like the 53 men roster. Some other people might get just picked up off waivers and stuff like that. So I'm just going based off of where I'm at right now. It is subject to minor change within the next few days, but let's talk about this final roster here. So we got, we'll start with the quarterbacks. We got Mike Lennon and Daniel Jones. Uh, Clayton Thorson, we knew who was on the team in the beginning of the year, ended up on the IR. And Brian Lewerke didn't make the final 53. So we're going two quarterbacks this year. I like the way that Mike Glennon looked. I told you, I think he's an upgrade over Colt McCoy at backup quarterback. And we got Daniel Jones, baby. So let's see what he can do. We got live action coming up. We know what we got. Let's move over to the running backs. We have Saquon Barkley, Devontae Booker, our sixth round pick, Gary Brightwell, Cullen Gillespie, and Eli Penny. We kept two fullbacks. I repeat, we kept two fullbacks. Obviously, that's extremely unorthodox, but we're hoping what that means is they really have faith in Eli Penny taking some carries and even catching some some balls out there. Uh, he's a little more versatile than we think. So, I mean, we got to believe that there's a reason that they did this. And, you know, and they're not married to this idea. If, if they really don't want to keep two fullbacks the whole year, they don't have to. But I think Eli Penny's basically locked down in that spot. So that's our running grab. Oh, God. So that's our running back group on the final 53. Now let's move to the let's move to the wide receivers. We have Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Kadarius Tony, who I all think we knew were four locks. And I actually think I mentioned in a previous show that it looked like we were going to keep seven receivers this year because it just made too much sense to keep seven receivers. 
but it wasn't the one receiver I thought would make the team. So the other receivers that we kept are John Ross, who I figured would make the team. Uh, he looks like he's going to start off the year in the IR. But uh, so John Ross is on the team. Dante Pettis, who I did not think was going to make the team. That was a huge surprise to me, has made the final 53. And he's looked solid, but I just weirdly thought he'd be one of those casualties. I thought it would be David Sills, but he did not make the final 53. And then, like I predicted, as soon as I'm sure we all did when he was returning kicks for us, CJ Board is going to be our primary kick returner to start the year. So I haven't hated what I've seen from him yet, so we'll see how he does. Uh, He's clearly doing better than anybody in practice, so we'll see how C.J. Board can fare. It's going to be his job to lose with the receivers. Now for our tight ends, we kept three. Evan Ingram, Kyle Rudolph, Caden Smith. Um, I love that tight end room. I love that group. It's looking now a little bit like nerve-wracking, though, because Kyle Rudolph and Evan Ingram might, might not be ready for week one. Um, so we're going to have to rely on Caden Smith, which I don't hate too much, but we're going to have to probably pull up some people on the practice squad. We'll get into who's on the practice squad later. Um, let's go over to the defense. Oh no, let's do the offensive line. That would make more sense, right? So here's our offensive line room. Ben Bradison, who we acquired from the Baltimore Ravens, Nick Gates, Will Hernandez, Shane Lemieux, Matt Pert. Billy Price, who we acquired from the Cincinnati Bengals, Nate Solder, and Andrew Thomas. That's the room we're living with, people. That is the room we are living with, and that's kind of what we got to accept. We got to find a way to have faith in this offensive line, but you know what? Trust is earned, right? They're going to have to earn our trust out there. They're going to have to come out week one and play their butts off. So we hope that they can. And that's that's the guys we're dealing with right now. I, I mean, maybe they'll make another trade. I mean, they made those two trades for offensive linemen. They weren't big splashes per se, but we'll see if they make another. But I think we might be settled on that offensive line room right there. Uh, now let's move to special teams. We got Riley Dixon and Graham Gano. Those are our guys. Bottom line, those are our guys. Graham Gano is a beast. I love Graham Gano. I thought it was such a great move bringing him in last year and then extending him when he was killing it. Love Graham Gano. He's a great kicker. Riley Dixon, solid punter. We'll take him. All right, let's move on to the defense, huh? Our final 53-man roster. Let's go to the defensive line. Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, who I think we all knew were locks. Uh, Danny Shelton's on the team, who was kind of like a minor lock. And... Because of trading B.J. Hillaway in the Billy Price deal, that opened up room for Raymond Johnson to make the team. I thought he was going to be a guy that got cut, but now he made the team. And Austin Johnson. So that's how our defensive line is looking. Let's move to linebackers. I love the linebackers a lot. I really do. We got Cam Brown, Lorenzo Carter, who I'm excited about this year. Carter Coughlin, who I'm excited about this year. Tay Crowder, I think, is going to be really solid. Trent Harris, Blake Martinez. We all know we're getting the tackle machine. Blake Martinez, we're getting pumped about him, of course. Aziz Ajalari, our second-round pick this year. We love him. We love him. He's probably looking like he's going to start. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be between Aziz Ajalari, Lorenzo Carter, and uh, 
O'Shane Zimenez is going to be in between them three, so we'll see who it ends up being, but we love Aziz. Uh, Reggie Ragland has made the team. You know, Reggie's my boy, my Madden boy. Ellerson Smith and O'Shane Zimenez, who we just mentioned before. So those are our linebacking group. I love the linebacking group. I do. Blake Martinez is the leader there, and we got a bunch of guys like Carter Coughlin and potentially Lorenzo Carter or O'Shane Zimenez if they stay healthy. Those are all breakout candidates. I think our biggest breakout candidate, we all know, is Carter Coughlin. So pumped about him. I mean, he's going to show everybody why he was an absolute steal this year. Really pumped about Carter Coughlin. Uh, Okay, let's move on. Let's move on to defensive backs, who we all know. We all know we love this group. We all know. So let's get into it. Let's get into the locks here. The people we knew were going to make the roster. James Bradbury, Adoree Jackson, Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, Julian Love. Those were six locks. We knew that they were all making the team. Uh, I love everybody I just named. All of them are just above and beyond love them. Uh, well, Adoree Jackson, we'll see if he can stay healthy. So, but everybody else I love on the team. Beautiful. But let's get into the guys we didn't know. So now probably the biggest surprise for me, at least, I thought 100% he was getting cut. Sam Beal making the team. So Sam Beal is one of the corners that they're keeping. That would be. And then Keon Crossan, who they just acquired from the Texans, and Josh Jackson, who they acquired from the Packers. So that's going to be the corners that are going to be on our team. Oh, and Rodarius Williams, I'm sorry, who I brought up before. Love him. And then that's another guy who's going to be on the team. So those are our defensive backs. Uh, I love the corners. I think we're pretty deep at corner this year. I mean, I hope I don't eat my words, but... And I think we're... like. And I love our safety group. I think all four of our safeties play such an important role in the team. Uh, it's just beautiful. I love the safeties, man. But, yeah, man, is that it? Is that the final 53 that I just fired all off? I think that's the final 53, people. That's the team. Those are the guys we're working with this year, baby. I mean, that might be subject to minor change. But, I mean, people popping on the IR. Some people may be getting you know, pulled up from the practice squad. But, yeah. I mean, two guys I mentioned in there. I'll talk about the trades real quick. Two guys that we traded for, Ben Bradison and Billy Price, are both linemen that are now on our final 53. So we'll see what those guys can bring to the table. Uh, I mean, I like bringing in... I mean, they're both young guys. I mean, Billy Price is a guy who was drafted in the first round three years ago and has just had so many nagging injuries. If a guy like that can stay healthy and get back to form. Like that's just a, an upside guy. Like I, I, I like that we have a little bit more upside at least. That's what these trades bring is upside more than anything. Uh, nothing. They're not going to bring in any sure thing is probably the one downside. We're not bringing in some guys who are established, good interior linemen that can help us out. We're bringing in guys who are going to have to earn it. And we're bringing in guys who are going to have to prove it as well that they can, you know, play up to par, but we'll see. They're going to get their fair shots. They're both on the roster. So next, let's break down who's on the practice squad, who I believe we got our first shout-out coming up. I'm going to talk about everybody who tweeted at me, all their questions and stuff, but uh, we got a guy who 
I love chatting with on Twitter. He's always very active in Twitter. We're always active in Giants conversations. His Twitter name is New York Yankees dash Giants fan asked to talk about the practice squad. So let's get into that right now. Shout out to you, man. Love having love talking to anybody about the Giants, man. Love talking sports, but shout out to him for reaching out. So let's talk about the the practice squad. So there's 13 players that get signed to your practice squad. So we'll go down the list. Offensive lineman, Kenny Wiggins. So he was on the team this year. He was looking like he was going to potentially make the team, but due to the trades and bringing in those other offensive guards, he kind of got squeezed out at that point. So he was released and now he's come back to be on our practice squad. Jackson Barton is another offensive lineman who was cut by the giants and now brought back on the, on the practice squad. Jake Burton, same with him. And Brett Hagee was an undrafted free agent we actually brought in from Florida this year. He's a center. Uh, he was cut, and he's brought back on our practice squad. So that's the offensive line group on our practice squad. We're keeping four offensive linemen. So we'll see if there's room for any movement there. Uh, the running backs. We have Sandro Platzgummer, the Austrian hero. I love that he's going to get an opportunity to be on the practice squad. We'll see how he does. I'm just happy he's still with the organization. And then we brought in a guy, Dexter Williams, who I believe came over from the Packers, running back. Uh, he's he's brought onto the practice squad. So we love that new face. But uh, let's move on to the receivers. We have Matt Cole, who you may remember was playing offense, defense, and special teams this year. I was surprised he didn't make the roster. I was I thought maybe because he was so versatile, they'd keep him, especially over a guy like Pettis. But they didn't end up doing that. Uh, but he's back on our practice squad. Uh, I think everyone's favorite preseason receiver, uh, David Sills. He was a surprise not make to the team. They kept Pettis over him. Uh, he's back with us on the practice squad, so nice to still have him around. And Damian Willis, who actually also had a great preseason. So he's back with us on the practice squad. We're keeping four tight ends right now. I mean, uh, of course, like I've said a million times, all of this is subject to change, but four tight ends on the practice squad. Nakia Griffin-Stewart, Jake Hausman, Ryan Izzo, and Chris Myarik. Those are the tight ends that are on our practice squad. So we got four of them. So I assume if Evan Ingram and... Kyle Rudolph, like, I don't know. They might bring they might bring one of these guys up because they're going to need to. They, they can't just have one healthy tight end going into week one. So one of these guys will probably get brought, brought up at some point, I assume, before week one if Evan Ingram and Kyle Rudolph are ruled out. So that's probably why they kept a lot of them right now. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, and then for – so defensive players on our practice squad, we have two D linemen, David Moa and Willie Henry. Then linebacker Nico Lelos, who I think everybody also remembers too, had some exciting plays last year actually on the Giants. Didn't make the cut this year. It was a little bit more of a competitive uh, linebacker room. Guys like Carter Coughlin and Reggie Ragland outplaying him. So he'll be on our practice squad. And safety Jordan Peters. So that's how the practice squad's shaking out. Um, another guy I was surprised didn't make the team and actually got signed by the Cowboys this week was Corey Clement. Um, yeah, so he's off the team. Gary Brightwell just kind of played better than him, so I don't blame him. But uh, Gary Brightwell's younger, so definitely don't mind them bringing Gary Brightwell over him. But yeah, man, thanks for reaching out with your Twitter question, man. That's how the uh, 
that's how the practice squad's shaping up. I really like the practice squad. So now, after we've gone over the 53-man roster, after we've gone over preseason, I mean, let's get into these Twitter questions now. Let's see what people want me to talk about. So, shout-out to Gustav Gender. And, and don't kill me over these name pronunciations, okay? I'm not the worst at pronouncing names, but, you know, some are tough. So, Gustav, thanks for reaching out to me, man. Uh, another guy that I love talking to on the on, on Twitter. Like I said, I'll talk to anyone about the Giants. He asks to talk about the O-line problem. Uh, I kind of did actually talk about the O-line problem earlier in the show, so I kind of did answer your question, but dude. Like I said, what we're going to be, the bottom line is, we're shooting for middle of the pack. We got to shoot for middle of the pack because, and that's not even me being pessimistic. It's just a very young, raw group still. And uh, besides Nate Solder, who I still think could actually have a solid year, weirdly, I think he's going to be, it's looking like he might be our starting tackle over Matt Pert. Matt Pert's kind of struggling a little bit too, I think. Um, so we'll see what we got this year, man. Let's just pray for some kind of middle of the pack offensive line, or let's pray that they, you know, prepare for this. We know that Daniel Jones doesn't have as much time as other, as other quarterbacks have that luxury. So let's get him moving. Let's get him moving. Let's get him rolling out of the pocket. Uh, let's design quick passes. Uh, like let's, we got to play to our strengths. Like Joe judge always says. So we, we got to hope that we do things to make it easier on the offensive line if they're going to struggle. So uh, thanks again for reaching out, Gustav. And yeah, that's what I, that's how I feel about the offensive line, honestly. Let's move on. Let's move on to our next Twitter question. I'm excited, guys. I actually got more Twitter questions this week, which is cool. I usually just get like one, but now we got a lot. We can chat them up. So let's see. Um. Oh, New York Yankees and Giants fan asked another question as well. He said that he'd like to hear about where the pass rush will come from. So that's an awesome question, actually. Um, I didn't even discuss this really uh, earlier in this episode, so that's actually a perfect question. Honestly, we know that we're going to get some pass rush. We know we're going to get some pressure for Leonard Williams. We have to hope that that will still continue. I mean, uh, he led the team in sacks last year. Uh, so we know that that's where we're getting it there. But I'm sure more than anything, we all know that we're getting it from Leonard Williams. So more than anything, what I want to hope and what you want to know too is where we're going to get that outside pressure from, which is what I think we really lacked last year was a good edge rush. So, I mean, we lost Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez last year, which are both guys who are now on our 53-man roster. So... Lorenzo Carter more than O'Shane. I really have faith in Lorenzo Carter. I hope that the injury didn't take him take him down, but he looked like he was ready to break out last year at one point. I mean, people were excited about how he was starting to almost come to fruition last year until that injury, that devastating injury. So let's hope that he can stay healthy and let's hope that he can bring it. O'Shane Zimenez is another guy that was we lost last year, another one of our draft picks, and we hope that he can stay healthy and he can show us something. But don't also forget another guy. We got Aziz Ajalari, our second-round pick this year. We got to believe. People say Some people say he was a first-round talent. We got to believe that he's going to be an, a big upgrade 
to anything we had sort of last year at edge at the edge. Um, he's a guy that can come in and be really exciting. He's athletic. Uh, like I just think that the coaches like what they're seeing from him. And I, I really liked what I've seen from him so far. I mean, nothing crazy, but I think the more that he plays, the more comfortable he's going to get. He's a guy that just needs repetition. Like, like Rodarius Williams. Um, so I'm, I really think Aziz Ajalari is going to make a big impact this year if he can stay healthy. I'm very excited about him. Um, so thanks for, again, New York Yankees uh, slash Giants fan. I mean, I'm a Mets fan over here, but I still love you, man. Love the Giants more than anything. Thanks for reaching out again about the pass rush. Let's go to our next question. Is from Justin, who is my boy. He's one of my brothers. He's another big Giants fan that I've been friends with forever. He actually did an episode with me earlier this year. He's a beast. So he sent me a question. He said he'd like to hear my thoughts on the Giants' offensive skill players' potential fantasy production. Galladay, Saquon, Shepard, and Daniel Jones. That's an awesome question, Riff. I actually love that question, man. So thank you for asking it. But uh, so what do I think about the fantasy production? So let's start with Saquon, who I actually have in one of my two leagues. I have Saquon on my team. Um, I'll say what I say to everybody about Saquon, who's asked me this year about fantasy. If he stays healthy, he is one of the most exciting running backs I've ever seen play. And I know that might sound crazy to some people who aren't Giants fans, but, and I know we got to go back to his rookie year to talk about this more than anything, but his highlights are like no other highlights. His his spark plays are like nothing else. He, he, to me, is just one of the best pure running backs in the NFL if the man can stay healthy. Now, injuries have 100% been a concern, but we know what he's capable of doing if he can stay healthy throughout a season. 2,000 yards. I'm talking 2,000-yard potential receiving and, and rushing yards. I'm talking 2,000 total yards is his potential when he's healthy. So that that's it. That's what I'll say about Saquon. Um, let's hope he can be ready for week one. My one thought with that might be that he doesn't play week one because we have a short week, week two, coming against uh, the Washington football team. So we got a Thursday night game against them. So maybe they hold him out for week one and get him right in on uh, right in prime time, get him ready for week two. Um, but uh, that's it. That's what I'll say about Saquon. If he's healthy, he's productive. Uh, I know that he had eight rushing yards in the first game uh, last year against the Steelers. I know that there's a lot of people, you know, who forget how productive he really was. But trust me, in the right system with the right skill players, and Kenny Galladay is only going to help that if he's healthy, open up the field more for Saquon because all you have to do is focus on Saquon before we had Kenny Galladay. So now let's move into Kenny Galladay. And it's tough to talk about this, but kind of the same with Kenny Galladay. I mean, he's already got a hamstring injury. We, we He's probably going to play week one. But, I mean, if Kenny Galladay's healthy, he's one of the best receivers in the league. Uh, the last time he was healthy, the guy puts up numbers. He's a red zone threat. He's 6'4". He's just too big to contain in the red zone. Like, he's a touchdown machine. We just have to hope that he can stay healthy and everything gels because... Health is going to be a big theme this year for our team. 
guys like Saquon, Kenny Galladay, and Adoree Jackson are all questionable right now with if they can maintain their health. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, like people like that, a lot more people. Like the list goes on and on. So, but other than that, Kenny Galladay is a productive fantasy player when healthy too. I mean, the only thing you got to do is hold your breath. I'd say your best bet with those two guys, more than anyone, is have their have their handicaps, have their backups, um, handcuffs, handicaps. Jesus Christ, handcuffs. Have their handcuffs. You're gonna need. I have Saquon in my one league. I have Devontae Booker ready to go. I mean, we we hope we don't need him, but I got him ready to go on my bench. And if you have Kennedy Galladay, maybe think about getting Darius Slayton. He's not getting drafted in a lot of leagues this year, um, because he's our biggest outside threat after after Kenny Galladay. If he if he goes down, knock wood, really hard that he doesn't. But um, if he goes down, it'd definitely be Darius Slayton. So I'd say don't reach on any on Saquon or Kenny Galladay, but if you get them. And they stay healthy, they're going to produce. And also get their handcuffs. Those would be my bottom line on those two guys. Guys like Sterling Shepard, I actually talked about in my last podcast. I think he's a fantasy sleeper. Um, He's another guy that's going really late in fantasy drafts as well. I think he's going to have a really productive year, especially in PPR leagues. If you're in a really, really deep league and, you know, maybe he's going to be a good guy to have on your bench. He's going to be a good guy to fill in if you got injuries or if by weeks he'll be a good guy to slot in. He's going to put up solid numbers this year. I think he's a really good guy to have. And guys like Daniel Jones right now are not viable in fantasy. He shouldn't be even on a roster. Uh, let's see if he can all prove us wrong this year, but Daniel Jones is definitely right now not worth a roster spot in any kind of league. Um, he just doesn't have that consistency yet or, or the production to be worthy of a spot. Maybe that can change this year, but for now, I'd stay away from Daniel Jones. But thank you, Justin Rivera. Awesome question. Um, we appreciate you reaching out. Uh, yeah, I just love when people reach out, man. I love, um, I love that. I I actually tweeted, I'm looking at a tweet right now that I had, I said, who else is awake and a bit stressed about the O-line? I was probably up at three in the morning and I actually was a little bit stressed about the O-line. But listen, people, here's the bottom line. Um, there's gives and takes here. You know, there's ebbs and flows. We like to look at what happens most recently and 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 be really down on things because most recently our offensive line didn't play well. We had our starters out there. But you know, we're making trades. We got to just trust in the organization. We got to tr- this, this organization right now. Especially with the head coach. We love the head coach right now. We shouldn't have a reason to doubt them yet and be pessimistic yet. If they lose to the Broncos 30 to nothing on mon- on on week one, then I would say, well, we might be screwed. But hey, let's not be pessimistic right now before we have to be. Let's go out there and win by any means necessary against Denver. Because I think that this team is going to gel the Giants are always a team that sort of picks it up in the second half of seasons, I feel like. So I really want to get out on the jump and have a good record because we we have the we have the chance to have a good record early in the year. I think Denver, Washington, and Atlanta for their first three weeks are all beatable teams. And guess what? Atlanta's at home. And guess what? We're retiring Eli's jersey that day. 
So we better win. But yeah, uh, that's probably going to be it for episode seven, guys. Don't forget to follow me on my socials if you haven't already. We got the Twitter, at GiantUpPod. TikTok, at GiantUp. Instagram, at Joe JoeCarJulia. Uh, a lot of different things going on on all the different social media, so we'd just love to have you guys. We know our goal. We want to get to 1,000 followers on TikTok, which is tough. But hey, man, we're grinding. I think last time I said I had 17, and now I think I have 35. Doubled it. And that's all we can do. We're going to grow. And as soon as I get to 1,000, I'll be firing off live streams while I'm watching games, uh, talking with fans and stuff like that, talking with other Giants fans. That's all I love doing, man. I just love talking Giants with other people. But yeah, I mean, that's it for episode seven. My next episode is going to feature my dad. The reason I became a Giants fan. Uh, so tune in because that's going to be a really good episode. We're going to chop it up. We're going to talk about the old times. We're going to talk about, you know, some other stuff. It's just going to be a good time. Uh, I'm excited to do that podcast with him. That'll, that'll probably be Sunday or Monday, but don't hold me to it. But yeah, uh, and that's it, people. So my final final thoughts for for episode seven here. My final thoughts are always kind of weird, but final thoughts. Final words. You know, I'm not even gonna say final thoughts. I'm changing it to my to my any last words segment. Because it's always like something cool that I say at the end. It's not really like a thought. So it's gonna be my any last words segment. So I'm going to talk to myself when I do this segment. I'm going to say, this is the this is the birth of a segment, people. So you're witnessing the, the beginning of something huge. I'm going to say, any last words? Let's go. Daniel Jones. <laughs>